Welcome to the FBC Global Church Podcast. I'm Scott McManigal, and uh, this is the second part of a two-part interview and testimony from Elijah Walls. Um, in part A, he, he basically uh, gave us his background and testimony, how he, how he got saved, um, some of the just really trying difficult circumstances that uh, he's had to go through and and um, just the way that God's divinely intervened in his life and has given him the proper perspective of those trying circumstances that he allowed to come into his own life and or come into his life. And secondly, you know, first of all, that it was the result of his a lot of it was the result of his own decisions. And secondly, he looking back on it, he can see how God used those things to uh, shape him and prepare him for what he has for him in the future. And, and just the fact that Elijah, you know, would have that kind of value for his relationship with God and being used by God that going through such extreme difficulties growing up, um, that it would be worth it. And um, I just think, you know, that, that's a testimony that people need to hear um, just because of the way that I think so much in our society where, you know, we, we, we don't, you know, first of all, we're, blame, we're always trying to blame somebody else for our circumstances. And secondly, um, you know, we don't, we don't value your relationship with God enough to value the hardship and difficulties that he uses in our lives to, you know, bring us to that place. And so I just think, I just think that's a, that's a great testimony and, and people need to hear that. So Elijah, you're in part A, uh, you had said you're in seminary uh, in your last year of a five-year program. Uh, so what what brought you to seminary? Why why did you decide to go to seminary, and what uh, what are you preparing for? Yeah, uh, <clears throat> so seminary, uh, you know, in college basically was uh, was really never on my radar. You know, I told you in the past one that I almost dropped out of high school. I did graduate on time, um, but. Uh, didn't go to college after high school. So um, when I initially started going back to the church, um, you know, I had no plans of joining ministry or anything like that. Uh, I actually just wanted to learn, uh, sat on the back row <laughs> every Sunday, you know, and, and so I was actually, I signed up for trade school at that point. I was taking something called uh, mechatronics um, which is just programming things in warehouses, you know, um, robotics and things like that. And, and that's what I was going to do. Um, you know, I didn't have any other inclination or desire in anything else at that point. And I just wanted a good, something that would pay my bills, be a good career and, you know, just attend church and uh, help out with things, of course. Uh, however, um, end up being convicted by a passage of scripture, uh, um, parable of the talents. Um, I didn't know what God was calling me to do, but I, I knew there was something more that I should have been, that I should be doing. 
And so I met with, you know, the pastor and stuff like that. And long story short, after meeting and things like that, you know, we came to the conclusion that God was calling me to preach. Uh, And so I'm like, okay. Um, (laughs) Had a lot of thoughts about that, (laughs) but uh, moving, moving on. uh, We end up meeting uh, for month or weekly after that. He starts to teach me how to write sermons and things like that. And, and so I preached a sermon, uh, preached my first sermon, uh, which uh, surprisingly a lot of my family came for. So that was pretty interesting. Is God already, you know, working at that time. Um, and then, you know, he mentions to me after that, uh, he's like, you know, I think you should really think about seminary. And I was like, well, I barely graduated high school, <laughs> so and I've never even been to college, so I don't even know what that process would look like. And so I pray about it, um, you know, and essentially in my prayers, you know, I'm just I'm talking to the Lord, and, I, you know, I'm like, if this is going to happen, if this is what you want, you know, you're going to have to make it happen because I have no idea. Um, and so this long process started of, of trying to, of getting things together. You know, I had to take my ACT again at 21. That was awkward. I had to go to my old high school and I'm in there with a bunch of uh, seniors and juniors in high school taking their ACT. That was weird (laughs) Um, because my score was so low on the first one and I had to get a higher score to get into seminary. Uh, But, you know, ended up scoring way past what I needed to get in. So I was thankful for that. Um, and then things came together as far as helping me move up here, um, and paying for school. My tribe, uh, helped out, is still helping out my education. And so is my church. They both give me a scholarship every semester to be able to attend. And, and then my family, my aunt and uncle, they helped me, uh, initially with the move and things like that too. So. A lot of involvement from from God's people to to make that happen, um, and and it was truly a, a you know I think about it now and even then um, you know I was amazed by all that was happening. Um, I really got you know <laughs> not only did I was I you know realizing who God was, coming to know who He was more, and His love for me and things like that, but I got a real clear picture during that time too of um, of how the people of God um, how they love uh, you know the, the church during that time uh, really became a family for me because um, I don't know you know maybe I don't know how many people have similar thoughts like I did but I didn't think they'd want anything to do with me you know I mean it was a larger kind of church. Uh, I figure some people would hear my story or my testimony and be, be like, oh, wow, it's amazing. So glad God has brought you here, but, uh, you know, stay over there. <laughs> but for, for, for them to really take me in like that, you know, for the, they licensed me. And then, like I said, they give me a scholarship every semester to attend seminary. And, you know, I was this random kid <laughs> off the street kind of, and for them to do that, is you know just showed me uh how powerful 
God's churches in that way and, you know, him working and stuff. So it was really a, it was a huge picture for me. And, you know, I think that's probably why I'm so can be so, I guess, defensive or maybe, you know, I tell people about the church and God's family and the way that that works. It's like, man, you got to see it. (laughs) And, and of course I know it's not like that everywhere, sadly, but, um, you know, there's definitely a lot of that going on. Um, so initial things into ministry, uh, once I started into seminary and things like that, obviously I was discerning where God was leading me. Uh, initially I had no, uh, no thoughts really on where God was leading. I just, I knew it was ministry and I knew, um, you know, God was calling me to serve him. That's all I knew. I ended up watching a documentary one day as I'm sitting, I go and visit my grandparents. I watch this documentary and I can't even remember what it is now. Um, but it's a documentary about a res- Indian reservation. Uh, I'm not sure if it's in North Dakota, South Dakota, where it's at. Could have been Montana even. Um, but they're just, they're just talking about the issues there. They're talking to families. They're visiting these, these homes and stuff. And I remember sitting there watching it. And they're showing these homes. They're showing the people. And I just remember sitting there. One, God started to move on my heart. You know, I just, as I was watching it, um, I just felt my heart getting heavier and heavier for for Native people right there. I was like, and then seeing those homes, seeing these teenagers talk, all this stuff. And all I could think was, you know, I grew up there. I grew up in that. And to see some of that same, you know, the same issues from this documentary um, really started, I would say, the long process of where I am today of just him pointing me towards uh, the ministry that he's called me to. Um, so that's where it started. Um, you already said, you know, I started this five-year program in seminary. I'm at the end of that now. Uh, this is my final year, but every summer, um, since then, so that was probably, but I think that happened before I even went to seminary, actually. Um, so every summer since then, I've spent time in trying to discern where God is leading uh, to find out more, maybe where that's going to be specifically and what that looks like. Uh, so my first summer, um, I spent time in a small Indian Baptist church in a town called Tishomingo, Oklahoma. Um, average attendance was probably like eight, 10 people at the most on a Sunday morning. And, you know, of course God taught me a lot during that time, even about myself and about, about what ministry would look like. Cause, um, you know, here I am one year out of seminary and I already think I have all the answers. I'm like, Oh man, I was like, I got this. I know how I'm going to grow this church and all this stuff. And, you know, that, that broke down really quickly. <laughs> God showed me, you know, it's like, one, uh, it's not about you. <laughs> so you need to get that out of here right now. And then two, you know, if anything's going to happen, you know, the Lord's going to do it. And so those were important lessons right from the beginning. And, you know, I really grew in my time there as a preacher. And then also just as, as, I, as I was learning more about what Native ministry would look like. So, Spent time in that church, and then the next summer, um, 
that might have been COVID the next summer. So I think things got shut down at that point. So I couldn't do anything that summer. I was really disappointed about that. Uh, and then the summer after that um, was the summer we met, I believe, in Tulsa. Um, <clears throat> so by that point, over during COVID, I got connected with Gary Hawkins, uh, you know, who y'all have had several conversations with and uh, who I'm sure a lot of y'all have heard from. Um, he's uh, So he was with FONAC, Fellowship of Native American Christians. I got connected with him because uh, I was wanting to learn more about Native ministry. Um, I wanted and to learn from people who were doing it. Uh, so that was kind of my my emphasis at that point. And so I got a, I got in contact with some people with the North American Mission Board, uh, NAM, and they all they told me was you need to contact this guy named Gary Hawkins. I'm like, okay, that's a lot of help. Uh, so I contact them and it was COVID during that time. So we could never meet in person. And so a lot of our conversations were just email and uh, texting and stuff like that, phone calls. And we did that for about a year, uh, just going back and forth. Um, you know, I, I was just telling them how I wanted to learn more about native ministry, uh, where I was at, where I was at, at this point, what I was doing in seminary. And, you know, I will say this to one of my surprises I've found out since I've even began to start that relationship with Gary and some of those guys, you know, they've told me how one, how surprising it is that, um, you know, I'm in seminary because I'm not a lot of, not a lot of native pastors have been in the seminary. And then two, not only to be in seminary, but to want to be in native ministry because, it's, you know, little did I know at that time, I was beginning to learn, but I didn't quite know uh, how challenging Native ministry is. And, you know, it's not, it's not the, it's not the ministry where, you know, you'll probably have to be bivocational. Um, you probably actually, you probably won't make any money <laughs> from, from the church. Uh, so, you know, a lot of people aren't necessarily drawn to that. Of course, you know, God points people where he points them to. Mm -hmm. uh, but that relationship grew. Uh, and then he emails me and tells me, you know, hey, there's this thing going on in Tulsa uh, this summer. And if you have time, you should come check it out. And and I was kind of near the area already because I was spending time in Pawnee, Oklahoma with Junior Pratt. Uh, learning about native ministry from him. He's been a pastor and a, he preaches at a lot of native American churches in Oklahoma. Uh, I think some other States as well. Uh, and so I learned a lot from him, learned a lot from Gary. And then that's when I met you guys from Virginia and, you know, our relationship started. Uh, and since then, you know, it's, obviously led to this this summer that just occurred well i guess i'll make a quick mention of this real quick too so i was learning in native ministry from these guys um and learning tons uh but last summer i also had the opportunity to work for my tribe um which this was another door that god was opening up that i had no idea even about uh so my tribe does an internship where they want to put you in a program or in a job with the tribe that's related to your field of study. 
they had no idea what to do with me. <laughs> they were like, this guy's in seminary. Uh, you know, he's, he doesn't have any other degrees. It's all Bible stuff and, you know, things about God. <laughs> so they had no idea what to do with me. Um, but they end up kind of putting their heads together and they're like, well, why don't we put them in the culture department for Native American research and, and culture? And, and so they do. And, you know, we had no idea how it was going to work. They even told me, we talk about it now. Uh, they told me when I got there, they said, we had no idea if that was going to work or not. Um, they said, we didn't know what you were going to do or how that was going to work. But long story short, uh, we ended up, kinda, I ended up writing a presentation and a project that whole summer on uh, Chickasaw cultural identity and its connection to spirituality with our tribe. And that was throughout history of our tribe. So very beginnings to where we are today. And, you know, I didn't go into it with a, you know, if it was going to work or uh, even what I was going to say, I had no idea. Um, but what came out of it was really a God thing because essentially the conclusion in that presentation and in that uh, work is that if you want to know who you are as a Chickasaw person or as a Native American and what all that means, uh, what, what your identity means, then you need to know who God is and be in relationship with him. And because that will show you who you are, <laughs> um, which was really cool for, because all of that is, um, even in the project that I wrote, and that's supported by our tribe's understandings and how um, by some, even the leaders and how we got to where we are today. So that was, uh, and God has used that um, still even to this day, um, which I'll talk about uh, when, I, when I get to this summer. Uh, so this summer has been really amazing in a lot of ways. Uh, so we went, the first thing we did was we went to Ecuador or I went to Ecuador with these guys from Virginia, uh, you know, um, that was a, I was really thankful for that opportunity. It showed me a lot. Um, one, it just encouraged me in, in a lot of ways. One, to see the family of God, to see how big the church is, was, was the first thing. And then two, to get to have conversations uh, with the indigenous people there, uh, to hear their testimonies, and to see even some of their similar experiences that our tribes have gone through and some of the same challenges, and yet to be where they're at today, where God has put them and, and how they're learning and, and growing, um, you know, that that was super encouraging to me because when I saw that, I was just like, man, that can happen here. You know, that can happen with, uh, with our tribes. Uh, so, that, so that was the first big thing of the summer and, and really just encouraged me and showed me that. Uh, so then after that, uh, Chris Little, who, who some of you have probably met and know of, uh, pastors uh, on a reservation up in South Dakota uh, on the Lower Brule Reservation with the Lakota Sioux. Um, I got to visit that reservation with Scott uh, and, and these guys uh, last summer. We were there for a week. And during that week, uh, not only was I learning more about what the reservation looked like, because um, 
tribes up in South Dakota and things like that, uh, Arizona and all these other places live on reservations, uh, which are similar to but different than where I'm from. In Oklahoma, our tribes are, I mean, they're, they're on Indian land. So technically, it's still kind of a reservation, but our, tri- uh, our stuff is blended in with the town. So you'll have a whole town, but you can drive to a certain area of the town and you'll see nothing but tribal buildings all of a sudden. And, and so it's really kind of blended together. Uh, but um, on the reservations where Chris and those guys are, it's very isolated almost. I mean, it's there's nothing but the tribe there. You know, the closest city or town might be 15 to 30 minutes away. And so it's just them there. So, so that's, that's, that's one of the major differences between kind of um, tribes in Oklahoma and where I grew up versus um, tribes like where uh, reservations where Chris is at. Um, so anyways, during that week there, uh, me and Chris talked about a lot of stuff. Um, I think I even remember, uh, was it you, Scott, or one of you guys talking about, it was like watching an army recruiter or yeah. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> yeah, he was recruiting pretty heavily. um but you know by the end of that week i just i felt like god was really speaking to me and told me you know it's like Mm. if you you, i should spend some time here i need to spend some time here and so i told chris at the end of the week as he was dropping me and gary off at the airport i said hey think about this pray about it and we'll talk about it as it goes on i was like but what do you think about me spending some time up here with you next summer Mm. and you know we were like, okay. You know, Chris was like, yeah, yeah, I'll be thinking about that. I'll pray about it. And so over the next year, basically getting up to this summer, uh, we came up with some plans and it worked out to where I could go up there and basically spend half my summer up there with him on the reservation. So since the middle of June or about June 20th, I was up in South Dakota on the lower rural reservation. Um, my expectations or my thoughts going into it, I had a couple of thoughts. Um, I didn't know how they were going to accept me, you know, being from Oklahoma, a different tribe, uh, and then also Christian. And then second, um, I just wanted to go there to help Chris. That's all I knew. I was like, I'm going to go there and help, you know, even if that's just like with the food pantry or something, whatever that is. And then third, um, I just wanted to learn, wanted to learn from Chris about ministry. Uh, cause he told us, you know, while we were there with him visiting that week, he told us his view of ministry. And I just remember hearing that and I'm like, man, yeah, that's the way it should be. Cause his, his view on ministry is it's the people. It's all about the people. So, yep. um, I was just, I was super convinced by that. I was like, okay, I need to, I need to go and learn from this guy a little bit. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, I get up there. Um, so some of my some of my prior thoughts to native ministry were confirmed, is what I say with my experience was um, the challenges, the barriers that exist there um, with boarding schools. Um, you know, thoughts you of mean, God you mean from the past history and that yeah, type yeah. Of thing. yeah, from the past history, um, perceptions of Christianity, perceptions of who God is. Um, you know, uh, stereotypes like white man's God, all that type of stuff. Um, so I immediately, immediately saw some of that. 
Um, you know, that, that documentary held pretty true in a lot of ways as far as the, the pain uh, that you see there. You know, you look in people. Uh, so I worked the food pantry pretty much a lot while I was there. So I had to meet people three days a week <laughs> in the food pantry coming up there. And some of them would talk to you. You know, some of them were just really quick. But I remember just looking in a lot of those people's faces and a lot of their eyes. And I just remember seeing a lot of pain. Um, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of weight there. Um, and so, um, so, you know, so that's part of the challenges. Um, it's a food desert, basically. You know, I mean, the closest Walmart's like an hour and a half, hour and 20 minutes away. Um, the only stuff they have around there really is the gas stations, which, you know, I guess you can get potato chips and stuff at, but, you know, <laughs> food. So I think food quality stuff probably isn't really that great. Um, right. Yeah. I didn't really see any farmer markets or anything like that. So, you know, fresh vegetables and things like that, uh, you know, um, and uh, so in my time there, uh, I learned a lot more about Native ministry. I learned how challenging it definitely is and, and um, also just learned more about uh, the great need that's there. You know, although all these challenges exist there at the same time, you know, I would say it's like, man, these people are ready to hear about some hope, though. You know, they're ready to. I think it's a fertile ground in that sense of just how the gospel can be shown to them. Um, and I think what it's going to take on a lot of those places, even where I live, because our although our reservations look different, um, our house, the house life, it's the same. Um, our problems are the same. We, you know, it's the same issues, drugs, alcohol. Um, same split. level would you would you say the same level of hopelessness yeah yeah i would say so in a lot of ways um suicide is a big problem uh in the native community now not just on those reservations but even where i'm at um you know just to give an example there was a young man that i grew up with um it was probably even a cousin uh, in some way uh 20, he was 27 last, last, last fall, I think, uh, he ended up, um, uh, dying. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it was a drug overdose or what, or if it was intentional, but, um, ended up dying, um, left behind a, you know, a son that's probably like five or six. And, and so it's just, you know, uh, you see that everywhere. I mean, that's all I've up there on a reservation. Um, and so it's the same problems, you know, it's the same hopelessness. I think that's existing in both those places. And when you think of the history, you think of the pattern that's been created there, you know, you start to see why things are the way that they are. Um, you know, even me, you know, in my, in the last video, you know, I shared my testimony and stuff. I mean, I ended up following in that same pattern for a short time there because, that's what I, th that's all I thought that we do. You know, I'm just like, well, this is life. This is just how it is. 
Um, and there is, there is nothing else to it in that sense. This is just what we're supposed to do, or this is how my family has lived. So this is how I'm going to live. And so, and so in that way, I see it as that trap, you know, that exists there. Um, but, but yeah, um, that's what I, I think. That's what I would just say from generally about it. Um, I'm sure you, I don't know, maybe you have a specific question about some of that. Or- yeah. So you, um, God, you know, you, you first went to, and I, and I understand the progression. I, I kind of went through the same progression. I, you know, I went when I was a young, you know, young believer, I went from, uh, because my life was greatly affected at a Christian camp. I started taking classes at a Bible college to head towards the direction of running a Christian camp. And then, you know, I got exposure to this need that exists to reach tribal people, you know, in isolated jungle areas. And, and, you know, and so then I was on the track to become a tribal missionary, but not knowing where, you know, the organization I was with, New Tribes Mission, worked in 30-some different countries. And, and as I progressed along, God, you know, the dire- God's direction became more and more pinpointed. You know, then it became Thailand. And then, well, then in Thailand, there were many different tribal groups. So, you know, and then God, you know, eventually led us to the Pokeren. And then even the Pokeren, there's many villages, you know, that we could have located in and, you know, he led us to the village that we, you know, lived in and planted a church and all that. So you, you started off going to seminary uh, because God put a desire in your heart being involved in full-time ministry, but you didn't know what. And, and then in the midst, in the course of it, he, he's, you know, giving you a little more direction. He's laid on your heart, Native American ministry. But again, that's really broad. There's, um, you know, needs in your own tribe. There's, you know, needs in every tribe. I mean, all over America. Um, and now you've been to some specific places where you see some great need that exists. Are, are you, has God, you know, pinpointed that direction anymore since then or are you still not sure where you're headed or where you'll end up or do you have a little more direction in it yeah yeah i mean that's you know that's that's probably the toughest question right now i mean i i think it's become more specific in some ways um as far as so me and chris had a lot of conversations while i was up there you know and he was telling me about these other reservations that are near that one that are spread throughout South Dakota that, you know, some of them don't even have pastors at those churches. And so that was one thing we talked about. Um, You know, I think, you know, I think Chris even mentioned, you know, he was like, you know, you could just come here. (laughs) Um, But I don't know, you know, I'd have to talk. uh, That's one of the things I was planning on probably asking you guys about at some point. It's like, I don't know. I could see how that could be helpful, you know, if I went Mm -hmm. to spend some more time there with Chris, Mm -hmm. as far as like me growing, learning more about ministry, but also probably helping him out. You know, he's been there for seven years now. Um, So, 
I see that. But at the same time, I have this thought that's, you know, well, there's places that don't even have pastors right now. Yep. And so, you know, what's, what's the best thing to do there? Um, yeah. But as far as uh, where God's leading, you know, I think one thing I've, I've definitely put some more thought into now is church planting, um, which I think it's a church revitalization is basically technically what Chris did up there. Mm-hmm. But I would call it a church plant almost because there was nobody there when he got there. I mean, he was basically starting over. Yeah. Um, and so that's something I'm, I'm definitely putting a lot more thought to. I even asked Gary about that recently and might be having some more conversations with him about that in the future is, you know, what would it look like for, you know, Phonak to do a church plant somewhere. And so um, I'm more open to the possibility of, of being wherever just God's leading as far as native ministry. But I also understand there's need back home too in Oklahoma. Um, so that's, that's still, that's still a hard part for me is just deciding where, where that's going to be. And people, you know, it's only made people ask more, especially being here in my last year, you know, they're like, so where are you going? <laughs> um, and I'm, it's still, still a big question for me. Um, you know, I have this deep desire to, to want to serve, uh, especially in native ministry. You know, I know that's it. I know that's where God has called me. Um, I know that's where, you know, well, our testimony is working all places, but I know my experiences specifically can fit to that and be able to speak into that. But then also there's so many places that need help. You know, it's like, where do you, where do you even begin or where do you, where do you go? So um, that's, you know, that's one, that's one of the things I would definitely request prayer about, uh, you know, praying for me in the future is, you know, where that's going to be and what that looks like. Um, so I guess we'll just have to wait and see. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got another year there at seminary and, um, you know, it's, it's not a, it's not a decision that has to be made now. And, um, and, and, you know, one thing you can be absolutely confident in, in is that, you know, you are, you're, you're, you are where you're at because of God, you know, mm-hmm. and because of what God has for you and how he wants to use you. And like, all this isn't, you know, just by happenstance, you know, it's, I think God's <clears throat> carrying out a plan, you know, for your life and, and just as he has been faithful in every step along the way, you know, to orchestrate, you know, everything that has come into your life to shape you and direct you and have you in this place. And, you know, with this mindset and I mean, he's going to continue, you know, to be faithful and to lead and he'll bring all that to light. And so it's, it's exciting. It's exciting to, it's an exciting time, you know, just to sit back and see what he has for you and, you know, to continue to look to him. Yeah, absolutely. You know, although <laughs> I probably get a little anxious about it, you know, especially yeah. now this last year. Um, 
you know, just like you, I mean, you described it perfectly. You know, God is faithful. Um, he's always, he's always provided and led me where I need to go. So uh, that's how all these summers have worked out so far. You know, a lot of those, I didn't even have, I didn't have planned, you know, I didn't, I had no idea what I was going to do that summer, but then things line up the way that they were supposed to. And, you know, I don't know where God's leading with um, even this recent door with my own tribe and speaking to this project of, uh, you know, I think is a big issue in native communities right now, uh, which is who are we? Uh, And so, especially with, I think, uh, native Christian people too, you know, I think we're trying to balance that out or find the answer to that because, you know, we have these cards that tell us we're this tribe, this is how much blood we have and all this stuff. And, you know, every application you fill out, you have to put what tribe who you are. And so from the very beginnings, you know, early childhood, you're told this is who you are, your Chickasaw or your Cherokee or whatever tribe that is. And I think a lot of people, so you grow up in that, you know, I grew up in that. And as you get older, you know, you're like, what does that mean? I'm Chickasaw. Okay. But what does that mean? And what is that? How does that work with even God? Uh, and then later becoming a Christian, you know, it's something I had to figure out too, um, is cause you have this new identity in Christ, right? Um, you're good, you know, uh, adopted and, you know, you're God's child now and this thing, but at the same time, um, you know, obviously you are still who you are, you're Native American and these things. Uh, and that's, you know, that's part of the, that's some of the challenges on the reservations and in the Native communities is if you become a Christian, they say you're no longer Indian. You know, you're not, you're not, you're not real Native American anymore. Right. Give that up. And so the project that has really been opened up to me here, I think is, is important in a lot of ways. And I think that's, Maybe why the tribe is so interested in it, I think, because I know it's a, a problem that we have right now. And and so to have that opportunity to speak into that and to be able to point people towards God, you know, to show them that, mm-hmm. hey, you want to know who you are, <laughs> you can you can find that out by knowing who God is. And so that's, you know, and I can see that being something that uh, probably needs to be talked more about. Uh, in Indian churches and things like that, yeah. uh, especially, especially at the recent um, news or the upheaval of all the boarding school stuff. Because um, so the emphasis I think that is put on a lot of native ministry right now is, and I'm sure you experienced this in your time in, in missionary work uh, with, with different tribes and people groups as uh, working, you know, the culture, coming alongside of uh, Christianity and how does that work? Um, how much of it blends together? And, you know, uh, and so our history, the tribe's histories of having these boarding schools where they say your culture is not allowed. Uh, if you're going, you know, you're going to be like us, uh, you're going to be Christian and to be Christian, that means you speak English that means you dress the way that we do. That means that, you know, you do church the way that we do. And so that's where 
this huge barrier is, but at the same time, it's a huge opportunity, I think, to present the gospel because how I see it and how I learned through that presentation was I get to go in these places and tell them, you know, God created you the exact way you wanted you to be um, down to your ethnicity, culture, all that stuff. Yep. Um, and you, and you can praise God in that. Um, but you know, the fact that he created you in this way down to every specific uh, detail shows how much love he has for you, how much he cares about you. Uh, but he also wants you to be in relationship with him. So I think there's a huge, huge opportunity uh, in that to be able to share the gospel and to and not only and, and just to preach the truth, you know, of God uh, being creative as he is and, you know, all the things we have in this world as far as, you know, the mountains and things like that. I mean, yeah. even when it comes down to people, groups, and culture. Yeah. Yeah, when you really stop and think about it, I, you know, when you really look at creation, <clears throat> you know, we can, we can see and marvel, you know, at the variety, you know, of different plants and trees that he created, the, the, the variety of animals and the different animals and, and insects. And I mean, at every level, you know, just this huge variety in all of it, you know, this world, I mean, how much of all of that does this world really need in order for man to exist? I mean, a very, very small percentage of it, but he created this overwhelming vast variety as this, this amazing, you know, expression of his wisdom and his power and, you know, and his love because he, he, he created, he's created so much, you know, for our enjoyment. And, and I think we have to look at humanity in that same light that all the differences that the variety of human beings that God created, the different cultures and different ethnicities that he's brought about, it's, it's just as much an expression of his wisdom and wonder and power and, and love as the rest of creation. And, and that's, you know, that's, to me, that's, that's the ultimate expression, I think, of our significance you know, is in, in our different cultures and our different ethnicities. And it's that, yeah, we are different. What an amazing God we have. I mean, yeah. that's what it should be telling us. Exactly. And, you know, how much more uh, praise and, and beautiful that is, too. I mean, when yep. you see the church for what it truly is, this mixture yep. of cultures and, I mean, just the... Uh, the amount of the glory and worship that he gets from that, you know, yep. of, just like it's described in Revelation, you know, a um, all tribes, all tongues. Yeah, um, every tongue, know. tribe, and nation. Yeah, yep. exactly. So no, I think you summed it up well. <laughs> yeah, amen. Well, Elijah, we will definitely be praying for you. Um, you know, um, in October, Jim and I will be uh, teaching out at Indian Bible College for four days, um, October 10th, 10th, 11th, 12th, and 13th. Um, would, it, 
would it be a possibility for you to go along with us? Uh, what were the dates on that? You said October the t- 10th to, to the 13th through the 13th. Um, I know you'd have to take off school and that kind of thing. I don't know if they'd let you away for that type of thing. Um, I, I, I think, I mean, I think it, I could see it as a, uh, it'd be a great opportunity for you to meet some folks out there. Um, I think we could probably line up, you know, for you to speak in some chapels. Um, I also think it'd be really good for them to hear about your research project, you know, that you've done for your tribe and that kind of thing and your focus and direction. in it. I just, I think that would be another thing that, you know, would be an encouragement, but, but I realize, you know, you're in, you're still in school and that kind of thing, but. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at it right now. Um, I think it could be a possibility, um, especially if okay. I'm, it looks like my schedule's lining up this semester. Um, yeah. I think it could be a possibility. We can talk more about it probably over okay. the next couple of weeks. Uh, for okay. Sure. All right. Yeah. That'd be great. I think it'd be a really good thing if you're able to go along. Yeah, I haven't I haven't had much contact with those guys. Um, I actually don't yeah. even think I've really met any of them yet. So yeah, yeah. That'd be good. Okay. Well, let me pray for you, and we'll we'll close. <clears throat> Father in heaven, we just uh, thank you for this time. Thank you for Elijah. Thank you for the way that you have uh, just brought us into contact with him. Thank you for the amazing work that you have done in and through him Lord. just what a testimony um just so thankful uh just so inspired by um just his heart and the work that you've done and just just given him a proper perspective uh, looking back through the hardships and difficulties that have been brought into his life and and just recognizing you know rather than blaming his parents and blaming other people um, just recognizing that uh, a lot of that came from his own choices, but then able to uh, just value his relationship with you and desire to be used by you enough to where, like Paul in Corinthians said that he prayed three times that you would rem- remove the thorn in the flesh, and and your response was, well, my grace is is sufficient and. And that, and when Paul recognized that you had a purpose through that thorn in the flesh, then it became something that he rejoiced in and began to rejoice in all difficulties and trials and stonings and imprisonments and shipwrecks. And, and I just see Elijah just doing the same thing, just so valuing the work that you have done through the hardships and difficulties in his life that he embraces those things and views it as things that you are using to take him to a deeper level of knowing you and communing with you and being used by you. And, and so Lord, we just uh, thank you for him. Thank you for the work that you're doing in him. We do pray Lord for this, this year, this final year of seminary. And I just pray, pray that it'll be a, just a great year for him. Um, just a, a really great year of, of just learning more about you and and uh, really this time of, of being able to just dedicate um, this amount of time every day to studying your word and being taught by your word is 
uh, he'll probably not have a time like this again in his life. And, uh, and I just pray that, uh, uh, you would just maximize this year for him and, um, continue to use it to prepare him for what you have for him. And, and Lord, we do pray that, uh, as the year goes on, that, uh, just your direction, um, where you would have him work with whom you would have him work um, would just become clearer and clearer uh, even though it's all uncertain to him and and us uh, we know that you you know you know exactly where he's going to be you know who he's going to work with and i just pray that even now you'd be preparing their hearts uh, being prepare their hearts for him prepare his hearts for that his heart for them we know, Lord, that wherever it is, uh, it's, it's, it's going to be a difficult location. Um, this seems to be the uh, just the main thing that we see in every reservation or just the, the opposition to Christianity, the opposition to you, um, just all the barriers and walls that exist in those places. And, and, uh, and so, Lord, we just uh, we, we, we just pray for your preparation um for the for his future placement and uh we just thank you for him and commit him into your hands and just ask these things in jesus name amen, amen. <clears throat> well thank you elijah for giving us this time and and uh, look forward to hopefully we'll be able to uh you'll be able to make that trip with us in october together yeah yeah that'd be great um yeah, I'll definitely um, probably here in about a couple of weeks. I can let you know for sure. Okay. Uh, as right. I look at the syllabus and get get things going here, but uh, I appreciate the opportunity uh, to be able to share and uh, to talk about you know all the amazing things that you know, God is doing, um, not only in my life, but you know guys like Chris, Gary, Junior Pratt, all those guys. Um, yeah, I'm I'm super thankful to have met those guys. And of course, a lot of that happened through uh, the Chris relationship. You know, that was specifically through Tulsa. So, you know, mm-hmm. uh, God using all things. <laughs> Amen. Amen. That's good. That's awesome. Well, thank you to our listeners for tuning in to another episode, and um, look forward to uh, the next episode. Thank you all.